Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Let me tell you something. It's easy to forget all that we have received in the past five weeks. Y'all, this has been a crazy month. It seems like Pastor Frankie was here two months ago. It was this month. We have received from heaven words that were so strategic. If you go back and listen to them, and you can't listen to Bishop because we didn't get it recorded that night. You had to be here. But everything else you can go back and listen to. These words were so prophetic for what we are going through right now. It is mind-boggling. It is like God brought people in each week to try to get us ready for what was going to hit us at the end of this month. I love my God. So people may be questioning some things. I got to say a few things before I get in this message today. You ready? Some people may be questioning some things. Did I get, I'm going to call it the bug. By the way, are we still live streaming? Did we make it through all that? Good? I'm sure we'll have a, I've already got notifications of being flagged or whatever. But Oh, by the way, this morning, Pastor Miles Ruther, we pray for Worship with Wonders Church this morning. They had their big fall festival that they had planned last year. Spent $10,000 in preparation for it. Storms came in and blew everything away last night. Knocked it all down. They spent thousands of dollars on a giant banner. Storm destroyed the banner. They put up signs everywhere along the road advertising today's service. In the middle of the night, their county came in and took down every one of the signs that they, they had paid for and threw them in the garbage and took them away and every ad that Facebook and yeah I said it Facebook every ad that Facebook and Instagram they, that they sent to promote their fall festival was rejected not rejected because of the fall festival but rejected because of what he's been saying and declaring and speaking I tried to comment on that when he said all that stuff I put in there, brother, it's because you're a voice in this moment. I want you to know Solid Rock Church is standing with you and praying for you. I hit submit and a window popped up for the first time I've ever seen. And it said this to me this morning. Your post cannot be commented for the, uh, your comment cannot be posted for what you are commenting on is currently being deleted. That's what it said to me. So I sent him a private message. We're standing with you, man of God. You be a voice in Atlanta, we're going to be a voice in Birmingham. Come on. Probably one of the best things that could ever happen to the church is the day that they finally tell us we can't be online anymore. You know what? What about those that are shut in? What about those? How about we go back to the old days if we have to? We'll put it on DVD and knock on their door and give them a DVD so they can watch it. We're not forsaking the ones that can't be here. But we're not going to water down the message just so we can stay on the world's platform. Oh, and by the way, also, Chet and Yelena, it's on y'all to not let me forget that y'all got to come up and so does Joan. I put all y'all at the end, okay? Everything got put to the end. Joan's going to give away her prizes today. I'm getting blown up by text messages here. For all the things I forgot. Joan's going to give away her prizes for the food drive today. Chet Nell's going to come up, talk about rock group rally day. Some other stuff. But I got to obey the Lord. Is this okay? So the question has been asked. Was it irresponsible for us to have a gathering the way we had at Elevate Conference? Can I answer that question for you? No. It's no less irresponsible than us having a gathering today. You may have thought you knew the crowd was going to be off today, but we didn't know. There could have been 500 people showed up today. I told you the doors are going to be open. What about the fact that you said you was never going to close the doors again? Wait a minute. I said no governor, no president, no mayor, no government official, and no mandate's ever going to close this door again. I'm your shepherd. 
We went to online only last week because your shepherd cares about you. Amen. And I was giving everybody some time to get through this thing as much as possible. Ain't no difference if a, if a snowstorm came in and it was unsafe for you to drive to church and us cancel a Sunday. So for you to stay home to take care of your family. That's what that is. I want to say it again. No governor, no president, no mayor, no council, no committee, no mandate is going to tell us we can't worship God. I wish somebody praise the Lord. I'm telling you, I meant what I said. So did all these people get the bug from Elevate? Maybe. I'm not going to deny it. Of course, maybe. But you know what? We don't know that. It's very possible. In some cases, likely. But you know what? You need to understand something. You can't be living by fear because everywhere you go now, it's there. It ain't just at church. It's at ball games. It's in football stadiums. It's in Walmart. It's in the grocery store. It's at the gas station. It's at your work. It's at your school. But instead of worrying about where it's at, that it's everywhere, why don't the children of God know that if the virus is everywhere, why can't you understand that God is everywhere? The virus, you may not catch the virus everywhere, but you can catch a move of God anywhere because I don't care where you're at, how high you climb, how deep you go, what you hide under or behind, my God is there. Instead of being scared what's out there, why don't you get excited about who is out there? I went for my regular checkup with my doctor. My doctor told me that the exact same time that all the people got hit in this church, which was in the last two weeks, is exactly when every nurse in their doctor's office got it. It was a strategic wave of last effort attempt to take people out. But the more, let me tell you, the devil's stupid. Say that with me. The devil's stupid. The devil's so stupid. Here, here's the thing. He don't know when to quit. He's so stupid. He'll keep on and keep on and keep on. He gets so full of himself, he keeps attacking till he passes the, the point of no return. Where he pushes us, where if he'd have stopped at certain points, a lot of folks would have just gave up. But he ain't satisfied. Remember, he didn't come to just steal and make sick. You didn't hear that. He didn't just come to make to steal and make you lay in bed for a couple of weeks. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's not satisfied with you having a sniffle, losing your taste and smell, coughing, your oxygen levels going down. He's not satisfied until you die. In fact, he's not satisfied until you all die. Until we all die. He don't love anybody. He ain't got no favorites. He ain't, I don't care if he signed a contract. Somebody signed a contract in blood with the devil for their career. He's still going to kill them. He still hates them. He's still going to drag their soul to hell. But I got news for you. The devil will push and push and push and push and one day people that's got any kind of word inside of them will cause them to rise up and say my God that, how stupid am I to be listening to somebody that got kicked out of heaven my God I'm an idiot I stand against you devil you get your hands off my wife you get your hands off my children you get your hands off my finances I wish I had a church that was sick of the devil I wish I had a church that was sick of the devil. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm sick and tired of seeing God's people sick and tired. That's right, he's the God of crap. I already told y'all that. He's worried about the poop God. So, what you going to do, Pastor? What do you mean what am I going to do? I'm going to do what I do. It hasn't changed about me. I was in the hospital in 2007. Five of the first six months of my life. 
Last time I was in the hospital, I was in the hospital for 31 days straight. 28 days with a tube stuck in my neck feeding me. Not only would they not give me water, they would not give me a piece of ice. They would not even take a wet sponge and touch my lip for 28 days. I mean, you talk about doubt. You talk about where are you, God? When I give my whole life to Him. I preached the message of faith from the very first day. I'm laying in a hospital bed, can't get up, can't move. Everybody's going on with their life. I got so much poison in my body, they're trying to keep it constantly pumping out of my side. So it won't kill me. I didn't change who I was. I was still a pastor. I started laying there in that bed going, I can't do this. I got to preach. I got on the phone and called one of my spiritual sons. I said, bring a camera. Tell Sandy, go by, go by, tell Sandy to get, give you a shirt and a jacket and bring a camera. They came in that hospital room. I put a white shirt on, buttoned it up, tried to cover up the thing on my neck. Put a jacket on, rolled my little tray over there off my bed. IV sticking out of my arms and I stood there and I preached the gospel that God is still a good God and I said you know what my people need to hear from me so I'm not going to be in the building Sunday I'll be on the screen this was in the rock school I said but they need to know that their pastor ain't quitting they need to know that their pastor ain't changing if anything I'm more determined I'm going to get up out of this hospital bed and with every breath that's in my body I'm going to preach the gospel come on somebody why don't you turn this thing on the devil why don't you turn this thing on the day. Make more determined. Let tell you how good my God is. Y'all ready? So when I talked to Pastor Steve, which I'll go ahead and tell you, Pastor Steve, bless his heart. He called me and he said he, he burst two large vessels in his eyeball. And it just was an infected look in his eyeball. He was hurting and all this. And then, of course, I told him what was going through here. I said, but you know what? That's up to you. You want to come? He said, I look like a zombie. He said, that's, I said, that's all right, you're a Holy Ghost zombie. Praise God. Come on. I said, if you want to come, you come on. So we both agreed because of everything's going on and because of what he was going through too, give him a little more time, we will reschedule him. And I got on the phone with him, and there's nothing against Pastor Steve because I know beyond a shadow of doubt Steve Davis would have tore this house up. But as I'm walking out of my office, talking to him, walking to the kitchen, saying he's in the kitchen, I heard the Lord say, your people need to hear from you. I did this. Not to Steve. Your people need to hear from you. The shepherd of this house. So as I'm standing there, this is, what I, this is, this is just wild, y'all. How God will do some things to confirm you. I, I told her what our conversation was. And I said, I just feel like there needs to be some stability. There needs, they need to hear from their father. That everything's okay. That the ship ain't going down. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is, this is awesome. This is unreal, y'all. That the ship is not going down. That's what I said. So anyway, <laughs> let me show you what I was just about to give you to put in your office. She said, let me show you what I got at the thrift store. She said, I've had it for a few days. I just forgot to give it to you until I heard you say it. She walked over to me and she said, I want to give you that anchor. And I said, my God, baby, that's what I'm talking about. That storms are raging, but the anchor holds. Can I get an amen? The anchor, it can't be seen. but it's And you might not even be able to see the ship. But if the anchor is doing what it's supposed to do, the ship is going to stay. So I picked that up and I said, my God, that's what I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach on the anchor holds. Oh, but y'all, I ain't through. While I'm holding this, Elder, man of God, Mac Daddy. I look down at my phone, it's Mac calling me. And I know this about Mac. Mac don't call you just to talk to you. Just just chat. If Mac calls me, it's because God's told him to call me. So I stop everything and I answer that call. I said, what's up, brother? He said, I'm not going to take much of your time. I just got to tell you what the Lord just told me. I said, come on, Mac Daddy. He said, let me just tell you, 
People are questioning. People are wondering. But I want you to know as your brother, as the elder of this church, and you as my pastor and my bishop, I want you to know that the Lord told me to call you and tell you, you are the anchor of that house. And God is the anchor of that house. And God has put you there. And no matter what is going on, the anchor holds. I'm not lying, y'all. He's watching. I said, Mac, what did you just say? He said, what do you mean? I said, what did you just say just then? You said something held. He says, the anchor. I said, let me tell you what my wife just handed me. Literally minutes before you called. She handed me an anchor. He said, What? I said, yes, sir. And I said, I just got through telling my wife before you called that I was going to preach tomorrow, the anchor holes. And this is Mac Daddy. He goes, well, I've done what I'm supposed to do. Love you, Pastor. Is that not awesome? And I wish to God I would have thought in, in advance to do this, to send them this picture. I just didn't think it. It just kept misting all day long at my house. It would, it, they kept saying there's no rain. There was rain at my house all day yesterday. You go outside, you were drenched in mist. All day. And we checked the weather, we'd be like, when's this gonna get out of here? We're only going to walk outside and not get wet. We kept checking the weather. There was not a cloud in, on the radar. Not an evidence of anything. Sandy messaged me and said, Check the weather again. It's so weird. It will not stop misting. And I'll, I'll, I'll post it in the, in the Solid Rock group. I'll post it online. I don't know if y'all can grab it from my Facebook real quick and shoot it up there. If you got time to do it, that's okay if you can't. I checked the radar and there was no rain anywhere except for one pocket of green like I have never seen on any radar in my life. It was a storm in the perfect shape of a cross right next to my house. I wish to God y'all could show that. It was mind-boggling, y'all. Can I, can I airdrop it to you? Can I do that? Will that work? I'm going to try to airdrop it to y'all because I want y'all to see this. We're just talking. Is that all right? Well, it ain't showing me no, to airdrop it to y'all. Y'all, are y'all on the, which Wi-Fi y'all on? No, no, go, go to the, go to the Cisco. Hallelujah. Somebody said the anchor holds. Oh yeah, I love that song. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. I can see Mandy, I can send it to Mandy, but. You already got it? All right, I still can't see y'all. Airdrop four. Here we go. Here we go. Nope. I got CJ, JM, Mandy. How about if I send it to one of y'all? Y'all go back here and take care of it. All right. All right. I'm sending. You got it, Mandy. Okay. All right, Mandy's gonna handle it. So I'm gonna keep talking. I want y'all to see this because this blew my mind, y'all. This blew my mind, and I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. Oh, look, it's a cloud in the shape of of the four horsemen coming or something like that. I'm not one of them, y'all. I'm just not. But when I saw this, I was like, God, 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 this isn't, this is just another sign that you, cause how many knows he will show us signs in the heavens above and the earth beneath. He will show us things to let us know everything's going to be all right. There, look at that. Is that not crazy? That is the radar, y'all, for my app. For my AccuWeather app, that little dot there is where I live. And I went back and traced it. It had just passed over my house and went down that way. Have you ever seen anything like that on a radar? That was on the radar. I screenshotted it where it says Sue Ann. That's the little lake by my house. That's where I was living. I looked at that and I go, my God. I screenshot and sent that to Sandy. She, she ran in there. What in the world? And I opened it up and it was still there. I showed it to her live. Is that amazing? The anchor. God will, if you'll look around, there's signs everywhere. 
God's trying to tell us He's still on the throne. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, He's still on the throne. Oh, but I ain't through yet, y'all. It's only 11.07. I ain't through telling y'all how God blew my mind yesterday. So, I go in and I say, the storm's raging, but the ship ain't going down. My wife looks at me and says, look what I was going to give you today. An anchor. And I said, my God, that's it, the anchor holds. Mac Daddy calls me and says, all I want to do is God told me to tell you that He is the anchor and you are the anchor in that house. And that's why you're speaking to us tomorrow. Turn yours down just a little bit. And then I look up and I see that. And I was like, God, remember that comedian that would say, here's your sign. If I didn't have enough signs, I sit down to begin to develop my message because, you know, I didn't plan on preaching this whole week. And I had this thought. I said, God, I don't even know how many weeks it's been since I was preaching that greater series. I don't want to, I don't want to just walk away from Hebrews. So I'm going to preach this message the anchor holds tomorrow. And then next week's past appreciation. Next week I'll be back in the pulpit. And I'll pick up the Hebrews then. Y'all ain't ready for this. I said, so I'm just going to preach the anchor holds. And then I'll pick up with greater and Hebrews in two weeks. I said, but you know what? It's been so long I didn't forgot how far I got. So I went back to part eight and I saw where I had finished in part eight and I saw the last verse that I used in part eight so I said let me go in my Bible app and see what comes up in part nine just curious to know where I'm going to be going in two weeks y'all ready this is what was the next set of verses for the greater series Hebrews chapter six verse 13 it'll be on the screen for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessings I will bless you, and multiplying you I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is for them the end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, listen to this, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Are y'all with me? We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast of which enters the presence behind the veil the forerunners entered for us even Jesus who became the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek the next verses in the series of greater was the verse saying we have a hope and an anchor for the soul no matter what happens we have an anchor my God y'all I thought I'd get a better shout than that the anchor is Jesus Is there any doubt what I was supposed to preach today? See, when you make an oath, when you make a promise, you know, you make a promise. You're, there was a day that just by you making the oath was enough. Your word was your bond, but that's not the case anymore. People are a bunch of liars nowadays. So, so what we do is, is not, we, so, we so expect people to say things they don't really mean. We'll say, do you promise? Yes, I promise. Do you swear? Now, if you was raised in a home like me, you'd be like, I ain't swearing. I ain't going to hell. Especially if they say, swear to God. Um, no. Nope, not going to happen. You got to take me on my word and not go swear to God. But that's what people will do. They'll make that covenant, make that handshake, make that covenant. Sign in blood, blood brothers, whatever you want to call it. 
And they, you hear people say things like, well, I'll tell you what, I swear on the, on the grave of my mother. I swear on, I swear on the, why? Because you don't ever swear and make an oath based on someone of less authority than you. Of less importance. That means nothing to you and would mean nothing to the person you are making the oath and promise to. You swear by the authority of something bigger than you. Man swears to God. They'll, they'll use God as an oath. I swear to God. In other words, I'm not going to lie. I'm saying this not just to you. I'm saying it to God. When it came time for God to make an oath, He didn't have nobody to swear to. Because some of those ain't nobody greater than God. There's nobody above God. God ain't got no creator. God is always existing. So he did the only thing he could do. He swore by himself. Are y'all hearing me? Listen to what he said in Hebrews. Because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself. And this was his promise. He swore this to himself. Surely blessings I will bless you. And multiplying I will multiply you. That was to Abraham. That was the old covenant. That was a pretty good promise. But the book of Hebrews that we're in right now says... We have a better covenant based on better promises. Because he, he ends it up by saying that we have an, an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And that anchor, he goes on to say, walked into behind the veil on our behalf. He is our priest. He is our anchor. When the world's coming against us, we have a God that is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. That no matter what it looks like in the world, no matter what the experts say is happening around us in the world, no matter how unsure and how raging the storm seems to be, we have an anchor. Somebody shout, I have an anchor. There's a song that came out many years ago. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. Somebody say this with me. I am blessed. Therefore, I am called to be a blessing. Say this with me. I will multiply my blessings. That's the promise of God. Let me tell you what this attack is ultimately about. Are y'all ready? I'm almost through my introduction. What it's, all, what it's ultimately about. Let me tell you why. Really? Give me a key. The anchor holds. The anchor I don't know the song. The anchor Give me the words. Find the words for me. It's been 20 years since I sang this song. I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas. You know all the words. In spite of the storm. My God, let's sing it one more time. The anchor holds Though the ship is battered My God The anchor holds Though the sails are torn You're my words. I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas. 
Come on, do you feel that? Woo! Hallelujah! That's pretty good, bro. Hallelujah. That's a good, that's a good man there. He saw the name of it and thought, I need to know that song. Oh, they got the words up there. Sing it again. The anchor holds. Give me that first verse. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's not what I want. I want the chorus. The anchor holds. Tales are torn. I have fallen on my knees. They don't know the song back there either. I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas. The anchor holds. Let's sing that verse one more, the chorus one more time. In spite of the storm. Come on, get up on your feet and raise your hands and sing it. The anchor holds. Oh, yes. Though the ship is battered, the anchor holds. Ha. Though the sails are torn, here's where we at. I have fallen on my knees as I face. The raging seas, the anchor holds. In spite of the storm, <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise Him like you believe it. Praise Him like you believe it. Hallelujah! 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 You can be seated. Let me tell you something. The ship is battered. But you remember what Paul said in the book of Acts? He told the person that was running that ship, he said, listen, this ship's going to come under attack. This ship is even going to look like it's going to be destroyed. But I got news for you. If you'll do what God has told me to tell you to do, not one soul on this ship will die. I'm going to tell you, it may look like the ship is completely tattered. You may be floating in the ocean on a scrap piece of wood, but you're still alive. You're still breathing. And what you might not know is the ship that you got on might have been the wrong ship for you to be on. And it needed to go down so that God could float you to an island that you needed to be an example to somebody. And when Paul walked out of that water after that shipwreck, an entire island became believers in Jesus Christ. My God, are y'all hearing me, y'all? Sometimes the anchor will hold you in place. And sometimes the anchor will drag you to where you need to be. Because the anchor is Jesus. And if he decides to pick up and start pulling the ship somewhere else and anchor you down somewhere else, you've got to let him do what he says he's going to do. I love that part of that story in Acts. which said they fought and they fought and they fought the storm. And they could not win against the storm. And the captain of the ship made a declaration. He said, we're just going to let it ride. He finally threw his hands up and said, we cannot win this fight. I'm going to tell you, some of y'all need to just put your hands. You've been trying to steer the ship and God said, that's the problem. Take your hands off the wheel. Somebody needs to write a song. Jesus, take the wheel. Somebody, amen. I'm telling you, take your hands off the wheel. Take your hands off of the, of the stern. Watch what God can do when you give it to him. See what you did to me? You messed my whole sermon up. Thanks, Anthony. It was actually awesome, man. Just kidding awesome God's word is his word he's not a man that he should lie he can't lie it's an immutable do you understand what the word immutable means it means set in stone unmovable 
It's an unmovable truth that it is impossible for God to lie. Let me tell you what that means, what you've got to get. That means, and this is a crazy way to illustrate it, but it's the only way I know to illustrate it. If Jesus himself walked upon this platform and said, Welcome to Atlanta. I'm glad to be in Atlanta. We would instantly be in Atlanta. Because in our minds, we would think, no, Jesus is confused. This is Birmingham. How many knows when it comes out of his mouth, it's so impossible for God to lie. Even if what he says is diametrically opposed to everything that we see, the moment he says it, it becomes what he said. So when you finally believe that about God and that He's inside of us, when we line our mouth up with Him, that's why the Bible says we can call those things that are not as though they were. The mutable in the Greek cannot be transposed, cannot be transferred, fixed. And unalterable. The attack of the enemy is to cause you to believe that God has lied. Don't you remember what he told Eve? What did he say about this tree? Well, Eve, he waited for Eve to twist the truth. He said, he told us we could not touch this tree nor eat this tree because if we ate it or touched it, we would surely die. When he heard the twist, because God never said he couldn't touch it. They just said they couldn't eat from it. And when Eve added to the word of God, it was an open door for the enemy. And this is what the devil said. Well, I know what he said, but let me tell you what he meant. Because we know now, retrospectively, what he meant. We know he meant they would physically die one day. Because the wages of sin is death. But we also now, looking back on it, because we have it in scripture, know that the, the, the glory was going to fall. The spiritually dead part of being separated from God was going to happen. Are y'all hearing me? That they were not going to fall over and die instantly, but their, their entire existence would walk into a spirit of death that had known nothing but a spirit of life. And the devil knew that's what God meant. Ultimately. But he used God's truth and twisted it just enough to cause them to turn on the word of God. And bow up on God. And make themselves the ultimate deciders of their fate. And said, I know what the one that made me said, but I'm, what you just said makes a little more sense because it's rational to my mind. It don't make sense that this is the finest looking fruit in the whole place and he don't want nothing but the best for me. I'm surely I misunderstood what he meant. And how many of those, when you get into that, you will take the chance with your life and your own family's life for the sake of your self-gratification. You will throw away all the things at that moment, of that brief moment of, of sinful bliss. Take that drink, shoot that, lay down with that person, spend the night, meet that person at the hotel room, do this. One night of fleeing, instant regret. That's what the enemy wants you to do. And if, that's, and if that's you, you ask God to forgive you of your sins, God will forgive you and restore you. But I'm telling you, ultimately, what all those kind of things are is for, for to get you to a place for just a moment, you would doubt God at His Word. Well, He's not really watching me right now. Is He really going to care 30 minutes of the big picture of my life that I do this? Yes. Because he not just cares about you, he cares about your influence that you have with others. Oh, this is a good word.
Watch this. It's impossible for God to lie. I got to go. I got to go. I got to hurry. Because I got a lot of stuff got to be done at the end. It's impossible for God to lie. Listen to what Romans chapter 3 says, verse 3. Romans 3, 3. Watch this. This is why he wants us to listen to the voices of the enemy instead of the voice of God. For what if some, for what if some do, did not believe? Would their unbelief make their faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Watch this. Listen. Let God be true and every man a liar. Why does it say every man a liar? Because ultimately, every man and woman, if given enough time, will say and rationalize what they have to do to, to meet their version of the truth. We have a world now that's trying to tell you to live your truth. This is my truth. Our United States government this week issued the first passport to a man who doesn't want to be called a man. He's not dressed up like a woman. He still looks like a man. He calls himself non-binary. And this might get me flagged here, but I don't even care. And so on your, on his passport that he will use to identify himself to political and governmental uh, entities around the world, in gender it says X. The United States government now will allow you to apply for a passport and decide if you don't want to be a man or a woman, you can be an X. Let me tell you something. That is not truth. I'm not being mean. I'm not trying to be demeaning if you or someone in your family is battling this. I'm just trying to tell you about truth. That is not truth. If I draw that man's blood and I check his DNA, the truth says he's a man. Truth is not debatable. Truth is truth. You don't live a truth. Truth is truth. You don't make up a truth. You don't tell the truth. You can tell a lie. But you didn't make the truth. You just simply repeated the truth. So ultimately, man in the sinful nature is always going to ultimately choose what they like. Over truth. And God says... I love you all. I love the whole world. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. The world is in a storm. A storm of opinions. But God has a remedy for the storms of the opinions of man. The preacher. There is a voice in his master plan that is the tool to tell the world the truth of God's word. The preacher. If I had more time to know I was preaching today, I'd have all this stuff lined up. Hang on a second. Y'all just stay right there for a second. No, not the pool pit. Google, you don't even want to give me the word pool pit? You want to make think I'm searching for how to fix my pool that's turned into a pit? having fun today okay listen listen to this 1875 the year 1875 
Charles Finney, to a group of ministers in of all places, New York City. Listen to what he said. Brethren, our preaching will bear its legitimate fruits. If immorality prevails in this land, the fault is ours to a great degree. If there is a decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press, I want you to listen to this. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in religion, the pulpit is responsible for it. If Satan rules in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. If our politics become so corrupt that the very foundation of our government is ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. Let us not ignore this fact, my dear brethren, but lay at it to heart and be thoroughly awake. He's trying to wake people up back then. He's trying to get folks woke back then. And awake to our responsibility in respect to the morals of this nation. Preachers, preach the truth. The only hope for this nation and this world is that you tell them the truth. We are sick of the lies. We are sick of pretend preachers. We are sick of entertainment venues calling themselves churches. Where are the churches? Where are the preachers? Where are the people of God that understand who they are in God? Where are the voices in this moment? Where are the people that will stand up and say, Thus says the Lord God, it's greater than what you say. Eleven thirty-three. If you're taking minutes, that, that joke always works. The preacher, somebody shout the preacher. Now I know you think I'm your preacher. I'm not your preacher. I'm your pastor. I am a preacher, but I am your pastor. You want to know who your preacher is? Take your finger and go like this. You know who the number one preacher in your life is? You. Quit waiting on somebody on, on Instagram, on a video to preach to your children. You preach to your children. You are the preacher. Quit waiting on God to speak to your husband. You speak to your husband on behalf of God. Oh God, speak to him, speak to him, speak to him. Why don't you tell him what God said about him? Why don't you tell him you're my husband? You're the, you're the spiritual priest of my home and I believe you're a man of God. Well, instead of waiting on God to speak to your wife and, and waiting and waiting and waiting, if he don't hear that God spoke, if she don't hear that God spoke to her, you tell her, hey, I want you to know something, baby. I want you to know what God said. You are my chosen, the chosen vessel that God has for me. I love you like Christ loved the church and gave himself for, are y'all hearing me? Hey, speak to your children. Let me tell you what God said in His Word and how I feel about you. You are a prize. You are a jewel to me. You are everything to me. You are my legacy. You are my whole life and my reason for existence. Preach. You want to know why the world's in the shape it's in? Listen to this. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. I'm almost through. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many of us we need to get some folks saved? But what, what they got to do? They got to call on the name of the Lord, right? That's all they got to do, right? Wrong. I wish that's all it was. And yes, that is what it is ultimately. But I'm talking about how they get to that point. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 13. Verse 14. Boom. Nobody ever wants to read this one. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Watch this. And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? We don't need no more politicians. We don't need no more positive speakers. Huh? We don't need no more, uh, what they call them. People have a coaches, spiritual coaches. We need some preachers. Verse 15, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? 
Not that their daddy was a preacher and they decided to choose the family occupation. Y'all didn't hear me. Some, some churches right now wonder why God's not moving because they're on the third generation of preacher that looks at it as a job instead of a calling. You will always know a hireling from a shepherd. When the wolves come, the hireling will call headquarters and say, you got to get me out of this place, man. Get me, to, get me to another church. Transfer me. And then next week, they get up in the pulpit and they say something like this. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But you got to obey God. And the Lord is telling me, He's done with me here. He's calling me to the next place. Oh, fooey. I tell you what happened. You're running because you ain't got enough guts and enough strength to stand up against... One person trying to run their mouth in the house of God, trying to run you off. Where are the preachers? Where are the people that will stand up and say, if anybody's leaving by God, it's going to be you. Because I'm not leaving. I was put here by God to shepherd these sheep. And you can leave if you want to. But a shepherd doesn't leave the sheep. If anybody's going to get voted out, it'll be you. I don't care if you think that's a dictator or not. I'm not no dictator. I don't want to run your life. But I value and I understand what God has called me to do. For 27 years I've pastored this church and nobody's had to worry about me being with another woman, mis uh, misusing money, doing any kind of thing. Because that ain't why I'm in this pulpit. I'm not in this pulpit to, for prestige. I am here because God told me to preach the gospel and that's what I'm going to do. If you want me to be your pastor, I'll be your pastor. But if you don't want me to be your pastor, you need to find you a pastor. Let me, let me clear up some things for you real quick. My job is not to make sure people get saved in this altar every Sunday. I want it to happen every Sunday. My job is not to check on you, come visit you, call you and make sure you're okay. It's not my job. It's not my calling. As a Christian... Which, by the way, shocker, I am one. That's my responsibility as a child of God. Because we're brothers and sisters. But as pastor, that's not my job. As a five-fold ministry gift, because I'm not just your pastor. I flow in the apostolic. And the five-fold ministry gift is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You are the one that's supposed to be calling and checking on people. You are, I'm equipping you and reminding you that you are the hands and feet of this house and of God. You visit, you check on, you call. Somebody has a baby, you show up. And we create a culture that I'm going to try my best to get there. But if I don't get there and you get there, guess what? I'm there. Because if you show up, you represent this house. We got to get away from celebrity pastors to where if the main man don't call me, then they don't love me. You hear me? Because when that happens, you can be okay with everybody else doing something stupid and messing up and going with your life. The moment a pastor proves that he's human, your faith will crash and burn with him. Because you put your faith in a celebrity pastor and not in God. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting. That's why you see people falling from the wayside. Because the pastor decides he don't want to have service anymore. So everybody in the whole church just falls away from God. Pastors, man up. Even if you're a woman pastor, man up. No, I'm just kidding. That's a spiritual man is what I meant. Spiritual man up. Cancel a raglan, cancel a raglan. I'm almost through. I know I'm not Steve Davis, but I'm your pastor, okay? So y'all having fun at least a little bit today? Are you glad you came to church today? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. 
For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We're not moved by what we feel. We're not moved by what we see. We are moved by the anchor. The Word of God. People will believe what they have heard and what they have seen. Many times over what they have been taught to know. What's this? The problem is in this world, people have only allowed themselves to hear the side of the world. The side of the doctor. The side of the scientist. I was on, I was on a private call the other night with about five pastors. We, were, we talked for two hours with these pastors about issues that we're dealing with. And they asked my opinion on something. And I said this. I am not, it was opinion, I'll just be real with you, it was opinion on the vaccine. I said, I am not anti-vaccine. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be pro-vaccine, I'm not going to be anti-vaccine. I said, but I'll be honest with you, one, one thing that I, that I am against, and you may disagree with me, this, if you, that's up to you. This is, this is not a church opinion. This is Larry Ragland. Is I, I'm, I'm against mandates. I'm against, I'm, against, I'm, I'm against the mandates of causing people to lose their careers over personal decisions that they've made. And they said, this is what this pastor said, but elaborate a little bit more. Why are you really against the mandate? I said, well, there's a big, there's a, that's a whole can of worms I don't want to open up. I said, but I will say this one thing. It is hard for me to hear the voices of people telling me, quote, follow the science. When on the same website that is telling me to follow the science also has an entire section telling me about transgenderism, about proper pronouns, about uh, uh, abortion uh, is, is okay because life does not begin at conception. So what's this? You're going to tell me to follow the science, but you are not going to follow the science that shows me a beating heart inside of a woman's belly on a, on a sonogram, but you're not going to follow the science that checks the chromosomes in somebody's bloodstream that says, this is a boy and this is a girl, and how about this? Forget the chromosomes. When they come out and you look at them, you know. That's science. I said, so it's hard for me to listen to you tell me. It, it'd be a lot easier for me to listen to you tell me follow the science if you just wanted us to follow science. But you don't want us just to follow science. You want us to follow your word that undermines the word of God. So I'm following science. Science is of God. Science exists because of God. But I'm following real science. Woo! Y'all ain't preached since the last Sunday in September. Y'all do know that, right? I thought I was going to wait two more weeks. When this came out, I was like, <laughs> Oh, they don't even know. Here we go. Here we go. 1145. CJ, stand up. Stand right there. Make me feel uncomfortable. Stand right there. Don't come up on stage yet. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Don't he look good standing up there? Fine looking young man. Single ladies. Come on. I just want to let y'all know. He's single and available. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. I charge you therefore before God the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead and his appearing in the kingdom. Preach the word. Somebody shout preach the word. This is what, this is what preachers are supposed to be doing. This is why we're in a mess that we're in because preachers do not understand they're supposed to be preaching the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. To a lot of folks this don't feel like a good season but it's still a good season. In fact if we ever needed to preach it's in this season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. 
but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables or lies. But you, preacher, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Point your finger at somebody and say, Fulfill your ministry. Last verse and I'm through. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. You've heard me quote it many times. But you need to get it. Because you need to get the whole picture of who your pastor is in your life. Who a spiritual father is in your life. Who elders are in your life. Who prophets are in your life. Who teachers and pastors within this house are in your life. Because I'm not the only pastor in this house. There's multiple pastors who have pastor anointings on them. To shepherd the flock. Fivefold ministry gifts are operational in this house. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Watch this, verse 14. Watch what happens when you don't allow the fivefold ministry gifts to operate. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, the anchor. You want to stand in the middle of a storm? You better be hooked up to the anchor. Here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. Now you can take a few steps up here. Come towards me. You're almost there. You're almost there. There's your mic. What's this? You can't let the anchor do its job when it's still sitting on the boat. When the storm comes, and you don't want to let the storm get you off course, you've got to let the anchor do its job. And here's the difficult thing about letting the anchor do its job. You have to drop it under the storm and watch it disappear. And you have to wait until it hits where it's supposed to be. What's this about the anchor? It's not enough. The anchor can't do its job just because it's dropped. The only way the anchor can hold you in place is the enemy has got to pull that boat one more time. Because if it goes straight down, the weight's going to take it straight down like this. It's going to sit just like a pretty picture. Just because you got the anchor don't mean you ain't gonna get rocked. It ain't gonna it just just because you hooked up to the anchor don't mean it ain't gonna look like it's going down. But when the storm hits, it turns that anchor on its side. And it grabs that dirt. And as the storm is raging, you might still move. But the more that storm rages, the more that those teeth dig deeper and deeper. Until all of a sudden you can't see it from where you're at. But if you were underwater, you could watch it. If you could see in the spirit realm, that's what it, that's what the prophet told the man. Oh, they look, we're outnumbered. We, there's no way we're going to survive. The prophet said, God, open his eyes and show him what we can see. Let him see into the realm that we can't see in the natural. See, you can't see a lot of times what the anchor is doing. But the greater the attack, the greater the storm, the deeper it digs, the further it goes. Until finally at one point, it hits bedrock. And my God, when you least expect it, the storm is still going. But the ship ain't moving. Are you hearing me? But you got to let the anchor do the job. Hallelujah. Let the anchor do the job. I gotta pray for you. 
Stand to your feet. Father, right now, in this church, I declare the anchor holds. I declare, God, we can't see what's going on under the water, but you can. If just for a moment, God, open our eyes to let us see the greatness of God. The anchor. It's dug deep. On the surface, we can't see. But in the spirit realm, we believe. You got us, God. You got us. You got our family. You got our marriage. You got our children. You got my grandparents. You got us. You got us, God. You got us. The anchor holds. My marriage is strong. My family is unified. I will live at my day I'm going to breathe my last breath now or in the future whenever that day comes I will preach to the dying breath I will preach to my dying breath no matter what my body tells me no matter what experts tell me I will preach that the anchor holds because the ship Jim the ship it's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. We're on a ship that ain't just built for us. We're on a ship because we're there for us and for all the others that's on that ship. Don't make it about you. So you stand and you believe. You may be the only voice on the top of that ship trying to tell everybody listen the anchor's still holding y'all they may be throwing stuff off they may be jumping off left and right but somebody's gotta be a voice we ain't been called to be an echo chamber and that's what a lot of pastors have become they're echoing the voices that they're allowing themselves to hear I'm not an echo I'm not echoing another preacher. I'm not echoing anybody. I am a voice crying out in the wilderness. And so are you. And so is this house. So you don't let nobody talk about this house. You don't let nobody tell you what you know is a lie. This house loves people. And we don't want to put anybody in danger. But we have got to speak the truth even in the midst of this moment. Amen? Somebody say this loud. I am a voice, not an echo. I am a voice, not an echo. Give Him praise right now. Everybody be seated for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over this house. I speak over those that are watching online, live and on replay. We are not driven by fear. We have a spirit of love and a sound mind. In Jesus' name. 